Comic books and three-dimensional television films. <laughs> then get ready for Nerdtastic in 3D. We haven't blown out your speakers yet. <laughs> Keep three-dimensional television films. That was, that was pretty amazing. In the moment, I couldn't remember the word motion picture. <laughs> so I just started rolling with whatever came in my head. <laughs> television shows. <laughs> I knew that it was like two words. One of them. Like, like, I think like... you might have earned yourself top dog for uh, for opening. Hey, what can I say? He's an overachiever. That was better than Adams. I gotta say that. It's way uh, yeah. better. I tell you what, though, after watching, I, I, I put up episode 56 on YouTube, and I was, I was re- or no, it was last night, 57. Adam gets on here, and he, and he talks about <laughs> this time in the global climate, and then Sean stops him and is like, how does that have anything to do with the global climate <laughs> at all? <laughs> no. Not a so, damn thing. <laughs> We are an entertainment industry podcast full of entertainment industry professionals talking to you about anything that we find entertaining. My name is Jason Carter. I'm Jack Deckler. I'm Jason Pecco. I'm Josh Lebrat. I'm Sean <laughs> Kearney. <laughs> you please talk, talk like that the rest of the night. <laughs> Your wish is my command, Jason <laughs> Carter. It's like J- Josh really wanted to talk like the movie man. Oh, yeah. The, the, movie the whole time. Can only do it for so long. Oh, so how are the weekends? Ours were not as good as yours. Possibly. It's I, possibly it's, true. I, well, I'm being honest for everyone. Yeah? <clears throat> Nothing fun happened? Because I got a story. I had a fun little oh, uh, concert yeah. experience. Oh, Name gosh. It. Depeche Mode? <clears throat> no. Uh, P.O.D. A, a man by the name of Steve Stevens. Is he from P.O.D.? <laughs> <laughs> so basically what this guy is is he is a guitar player and he played for many bands like over the P-O-D. years. Like POD, he was uh, the, the, the first mode. the first the first Depeche man in POD's uh, band before they were POD. <laughs> uh, played for a band called Steve Stevenson. <laughs> played with uh, just a bunch of big people. He he was really big in the eighties. He still dresses and does his hair like he's in the eighties. So he played with Starship. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But uh, um, he's also I don't know if you guys ever saw this. There was this uh, TV show um, called Chips. No. Uh, it was like some rock and roll, like uh, rock and roll wives, rock and roll love, or something like that. Matlock, not, rock not, of love. Not not the Brett Michaels thing. Mm. Uh, this was like had like Law uh, and Order SVU. <laughs> Perry Farrell, Army um, wives. No. 3D stereo. TV I'm gonna show. just <laughs> nut punch all of you guys here. <laughs> Adam's not here. We're making up for it. Yeah. <laughs> There's four Adams four. In today. <laughs> so anyway. The uh, he's, he was on the show on like MTV or something, and you know, followed around a couple of you know, rock stars and their girlfriends, wives, and they all kind of got together. Blah blah blah. Anyway, um, so he does the show, and 
he just plays with a bunch of different musicians and he has just different friends come, you know, wherever town he's in or something like that and come up and, and play on stage with them. So we went to the show. This first singer that he had, he kind of has this like solid band. This first singer comes up, kills it. I don't know who it is. A lot of people apparently do. I don't, but he was an, he was an amazing singer. And then uh, he goes, okay, Sebastian Bach's going to come up next. So Sebastian Bach came up and did a bunch of songs and stuff like that. But I mean, they were all covers. Did They're, you the, know that the other guys were going to be there? No. Just just Steve Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, I had okay. no idea who like the guests were going to be because he just kind of like you know brings them up on stage. You know, they're, they're kind of like special guests. And Bach practically invented music. <laughs> he did. He did, especially when he and was that, in Skid that, Row. That's the other one. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, so Sebastian Markovups, he does his thing, uh, sings "I Will Remember You," you know, from Skid Row's big, you know, their big hit and stuff like that. And that's how he kind of walks out, and then. Uh, he goes, is I think Billy Idol's here. He goes, Billy Idol, come up and play with us. So Billy Idol comes what? up and plays. And it's in the Viper Room, which is the size, basically, of this table. is the size <laughs> of the Viper Room. And uh, air conditioning has been shut off. It's, like, hot as balls. You know, and there's tons of people cr- crammed in there because, you know, Steve Stevens, I guess, to a lot of people. Uh, not to me, I didn't know. It's kind of a big deal. So Billy Idol comes up, and they start playing the song. And Billy White Idol. Wedding. <laughs> no, not oh, my wedding. No. Rebel yell, <laughs> not yet. Okay. So he starts some other song, and he's about to he's about to start, and he goes, "I I don't remember how does how does the song start?" <laughs> so and he sits there, and they're kind of like laughing, and somebody like you know leans over in his ear and tells him, and he sit there, and they start playing, and he has the mic up, and he goes, "I'm really not trying to be funny here. I fucking can't remember the, <laughs> how the song really goes." So some people are like yelling it. Some people are talking on stage to him, and they're still kind of just playing the song, like waiting for it to start. And someone hands him an iPhone, and he's like looking at it from like, like what? Like looking at this iPhone, still trying to figure out the lyrics. And finally, he just he remembers and he goes, "Okay, I remember the second part, but I don't remember the first part." And he starts the song. He gets into a part where the song kind of breaks down a little bit, and you know he he does another line, and he's just like, "Fuck." And he just doesn't know it again. And then so they're just sitting there kind of like waiting for him to <laughs> come on, buddy. And then he kisses. He goes, ah, oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. And uh, and plays the song. And then he does Rebel, yeah, and everything like yeah, that. He and remembers so, that one. Yeah, he remembers <laughs> that one. So it was kind of a pretty, like, you know, epic, you know, random showing of, of people. But, like, in this small kind of, like, really intimate venue. And so That's I cool. saw Bill Rado there randomly. Right. And, uh, yeah. So that was kind of fun. You don't think about that. When you go to these shows and you see bands who have been around forever – and and I, I had never thought about this, and, and this is for a group I I don't like, but my wife loves bare naked ladies. Can't I? Not my <clears throat> cup of tea. Yeah. But what I didn't know is they've been around well before I even knew who they were, and they have this cult following. I guess there was a private show. I don't know. Maybe this is five years ago. Maybe that's probably six years ago. They played at the Century City Mall. What, what mall <clears throat> is that there? But they played like in the Barnes and Noble. It was literally the super secret private show. Somebody from a friend of a friend told me about. I'm like, really? Do you need tickets? They're like, no. Just show up at the bookstore. I'm like, bullshit. We show up, and literally, they set up a mini stage in the middle of the Barnes and Noble, and it's fucking bare naked ladies. <laughs> it was such a small. It was like 30 people who like were That's in crazy. the like come and people coming in and out of the store. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? But what was the best? At one point, they go, okay, we're gonna pass around a hat. Write down any one of our songs you want to know, or fuck it. Write down any song. 
I'm like, all right. The best was what, almost what happened to Josh. They would go through notes, and the, the dude, the, the lead singer, pulls one out. He's like, oh, fuck, we definitely don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he would, literally, like, three deep, he's like, we did sing this one, but I guarantee, and he passed it around. He goes, do any of you even remember how to start that? <laughs> the one dude's like, <clears throat> The drummer, the drummer hits like two drums. He's like, "Yeah, I got nothing on that one." Yeah, and even even the one they finally started to, they had to like, two of the guys had to get it going before they were like, "Oh, okay." And I had never registered me that I'm, I'm sure this happens with a lot of people. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if this happened with Jay when you guys had had your group, but like that you just you have so many songs that you just don't even remember anymore. Like yeah. some of the and tracks, even if you don't like have that many songs say you just have like one album or you know you've, you've done these seven songs like 500 times and you take a break and you don't play them and you pick it back up you're just like it goes to here right like this is the next thing no no it goes oh yeah you literally have to like you know you'll know it and it'll come back to you it's not like you have to learn it like note for note again you just have to remember how it goes and remembering how it goes is like one of the hardest did you have that at all oh yeah absolutely but i actually I have a really bad time remembering lyrics. Like, I can listen to a song, stop the song, and start singing it and forget the lyrics that I just, like, sung along Weren't to. you the singer? Yeah. Just really <laughs> ask my wife sometimes. It's a really bad situation. So you reminded me of this story once that when we played, we played a couple of different places, um, but we played once in my hometown. There was, like, this one pizza shop that had a basement, and they gutted the basement and turned it into, like, this really small venue that could hold maybe 150 people maybe like a really small little place and we played one time and we uh this is like a local show kind of deal like we just called up the guy who did the booking and we're like hey you know we're all in town so we're tell people who who you were <coughs> in, ca- in, ca- in case in case you get some royalties out of this for your old it, album they're, they're nowhere to be found <laughs> uh in college i was in a a rock band that was uh had a brief stint at a record label, and we played a played some shows, played around with some fun people. What was, was your a, name? What was the name of the band? Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Why are you fighting this? You that's, will not. That's I, a it doesn't cool matter. I'll tell you. I, you I, will I'm not just going to look it up on Spotify real quick. Do, do it. You will not find it. I guarantee it. It is nowhere to be found. The only place those albums exist is on my iPhone and, and in your heart. And I have some <laughs> CDs at home. Uh, it's called Three to Get Ready. Um, Three to get ready. Some good friends from college. Mm-hmm. We formed a band. We actually. I would, uh, the number three or spelled out? Uh, spelled out. So we actually formed the band as Don't Hit Your Sister was the original name, and we performed at a Battle of the Bands in college <laughs> as a joke. So we just wrote some goofy songs, and we had all our dorm mates, like all the guys in the dorm, sing along. And they went freaking nuts, tore off their shirts, spit water all over the like, crowd. like it went, And we won, and we ended up winning. And people <laughs> came up to us like, yeah, that was a super a lot of fun. You guys should do this. So then we actually formed the band and got... Signed and things like Did you guys well. release an album in 2008 called Holy is the Lord? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, there's no. another three to get ready out Are there. You, uh, did you make a documentary uh, actually, film no, about I'm sorry. Duran Duran? That is actually us. Really? Yeah. Is it, so this picture, this album covers you? Are you right here? Uh, that is actually us. No, that's a bunch of old men. <laughs> that's an awesome picture. <laughs> I know, being post sarcastic. That, post that. Oh. Post that. That's, that's Jason Hold right there on. Wait, in the wait. middle with no hair. Did you guys write a premarital counseling manual? Three to get ready? No? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Anyways, this is besides the point. The, that was the whole story. The pizza shop. Signed to a record label, and, and we ended up going our separate ways. Got a, got a gig at DreamWorks, and we kind of all went our – one guy became a JAG lawyer, still Dude. is. Whoa. Anyways, um, so – That TV show is great, by the way. One time we were at uh, – we were in my hometown hanging out. I think it was for a Thanksgiving thing. We called up the guy, and we're like, hey, we are all, we're all just in town. You got any shows this weekend? Uh, you know, 
can we can we come play? And so he's like, hey, you guys, yeah, we hadn't heard for us in a while. We were signed at the time. She's like, absolutely, we'll totally put you on. He's like, we're putting you with this band called Goat Punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Is that how you met Jack? <laughs> so I'm like, you ah. sick. I'm like, what? The? I'm like, whatever. And the, and he, the best part was is he's like, the only thing is, and he's really apologetic. He's like, goat punishment's gonna headline. And I'm like, I've never heard of these people before. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. We're like, we don't care. We just want to. We're at home. We just want to play. So uh, we go and we, you know, we're like, right before the goat punishment, we play or whatever. And as we're finishing up our last song, goat punishment comes down down the stairs. And I freaking recognize who Goat Punishment is. It's Weezer. And oh, and they play at private awesome. small venues to practice for their big tours as a different name. They, really? they're, that's funny. So they they play at all these little tiny shops all over <laughs> wherever they happen to be. Or like if they're playing in San Francisco and they're playing the next day in L.A., they'll stop off in, off in Bakersfield, play this little thing as Goat Punishment so they don't get these huge crowds that show up. But anybody who's a big, big Weezer fan knows that Goat Punishment is Weezer. And so they kind of listen up for all the local places. And when they hear Goat Punishment's playing. So anyways. That's so pretty awesome. I sort of played with Weezer. <laughs> sort of. But, like, were you packing up as they're coming in? You're like, oh, look. you're nothing like I thought you were no, going literally, to be. No, because the process is the process was – uh, you know, you tear down the drums. It takes the longest thing to tear down. So everybody packs their guitars up, chucks them off stage, and then you pack up the drums while the next band's starting to load up. So, like, we're literally on stage with them. I'm like, I think that's the guy, the little, like, guy from Weezer, I think. And then, like, they start playing My Name is Jonas. And I'm like, what? Are you, like, a bad <laughs> cover band? Yeah, like, what is this? A bad like, cover like, band. Like, they're not really suck. hitting it. Yeah, they're not really hitting it. Anyways, but it was so – I, I don't That's know why you're awesome. but it's like this little venues that so sometimes people do that like these big huge no. crazy stars I've also heard that Slash will just randomly show up at the Whiskey A Go Go and just like ah, I brought my guitar let me plug in and start ripping it up um, and that place too is ridiculously small and like you know just the corner is the stage Foo Fighters do it up by <laughs> the Aladinos they do it because they uh, uh, Jeff Sullivan who I want to get on the show uh, who sits behind me was a gold record drummer who turned CG artist for a, a band called Driving and Crying in the 80s. And he, he gets calls still. He knows all these people. And he's like, I'm like, what are you doing tonight? This is this is about a year or two ago. He's like, I don't know. I just got some random call to show up at this venue tonight. I'm like, what? He's like, he comes over whispers and he's like, Foo Fighters are playing there. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, yeah, they just want to hang out and play some songs. I'm like, what the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah, there's this that's place LA. in Reseda. <laughs> no, that's what it is. The Reseda. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah and it's like this weird, like, I've been there once to see um, he lives a friend of mine's buddy. Yeah, because Dave Grohl lives out in Encino in the Valley. And so there's this bar, Paladinos, and it's like this 80s hair metal bar. And I went to see a buddy of mine who played guitar in some, like, shitty band. But the band that played after him was an Ozzy Osbourne cover band. And I say Ozzy Osbourne because it wasn't Sabbath. It was post-Sabbath Ozzy Osbourne years, like Mama, okay. I'm coming home. <laughs> These dudes lived it. It was amazing. <laughs> the one guy looked like Ozzy Osbourne, and they had, like, wooden, like, cutout, like, <laughs> um, little, like, props that were, like, made it look like they were playing in front of a castle. But a poorly, <laughs> like, if you had, like, a shitty kid's birthday party. <laughs> and they did, like, 15 Ozzy songs, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. And after... I went and saw that show like a month or two after. I remember reading in Rolling Stone that 
um, every once in a while the Foo Fighters will play it under I think an assumed name too. And I'm like, that shitty hole. Like, how? I thought awesome you were going to tell be? me it was really the Foo Fighters. Yeah, that would have been incredible. <laughs> that would have been the best thing. So, Weezerpedia says the name Goat Punishment was used for a series of shows at small venues. The purpose of these shows were usually to practice a set list for an upcoming opening slot or work on new material in front of live audiences. So we just happened to hit a day where they were playing. Anyways. Did you meet him? I mean, yeah. I didn't talk to you. Did you talk to him? Yeah, yeah. They're cool guys. Drummer was really fun. They say you sound good? Yeah. I mean, everybody's – I mean, honestly, the music scene, especially the kind of like the indie level stuff, everybody's super kind. There's very few egos. Like, I mean, everybody's – trying to fight against the record labels and it was it's a fun environment people play together a lot I got to play on stage with the Ataris they called me up to play one of their the San Dimas High School football rules it was a lot of fun that's awesome <laughs> anyways oh weekends so I wanted to tell you uh, moving on in life I had kids <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what? yeah and uh, we <coughs> did uh, you know I'm going through a big crunch time right now so we had one last kind of family adventure for the weekend before I don't see my family for weekends for a while and uh uh, we decided we we're going to go down to San Diego and do the SeaWorld thing and then hit Legoland. So we did SeaWorld. We had done that before. A lot of fun. I think I've talked in the show before. I used to be a tour guide there, so <laughs> some good memories. Um, but uh, uh, we went to Legoland. I've never, I had never been there before. But I wanted to share um, some experiences for anybody who hasn't been to Legoland. So I just will, I'll say this. My theme park experience has only been a handful of theme parks. I've been to um, yeah, SeaWorld. Um, you know, some zoos, obviously Disneyland and uh, Magic Mountain. Never been to Knott's. Uh, Great Universal. America. Have you been to Universal? Yeah, Universal. yeah I've been yeah. to Universal. Great Disney. America and Illinois? No, in uh, – what's it called? The one up Magic in, Mountain. No, Magic the Mountain. one up near mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. I forget what it's called. Oh, Great dude, America. that one's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty They bad. call half – but by the way, they <coughs> call half of them Great America. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, yeah I didn't know it's that. very funny. But um, so – my experience with theme parks has pretty much been that there is n- nobody holds a candle to Disneyland, right? Like Disneyland has something for everyone, which is unique. But on top of that, there's a level of um, detail and an, and an attention to detail that exists there that it doesn't exist in any other theme park in the world. Like it's, I mean, that is the Disney parks are an experience in and of themselves. They're in a league in and of themselves. And the employees, by the way, too. Like going to Six Flags, like you'll ask somebody for help, and they're like, "Oh, I don't." Like smoking. Yeah, they're like smoking a cigarette. The, the security staff is not even close <laughs> to as good as what this is. Not at all. So this is my my like preconceived idea of of all theme parks is that no one will ever meet up to Disneyland. And so I want to jump ahead in the story. So you know, Legoland does not quite meet up to Disneyland because Disneyland's in a league with old. But I will say this: Legoland was brilliant, brilliant. Honest to God, I would go back. Anytime. It's expensive, totally worth it. Like, for one, everybody I've talked to who's gone to Legoland had said that it's, oh, it's all for little kids and all the rides are for little kids. And that is 100% true. All the rides there are for little kids. My daughter, two years old, just hit the minimum height requirement for all the rides. They're like entertaining for her. I was bored by the rides. But on every single ride, there's some crazy thing built out of Legos. And I'm not talking about like, <clears throat> hey, look over there. There's like a, you know, a little monkey. It's like, check out that giant seven-foot ogre that took 400,000 Lego blocks to make. <clears throat> so I was like, everywhere I went, I was mesmerized by this idea that just like Disneyland, there's something for, for everyone. Uh, meaning while you're going there and being entertain, you know, entertaining your kids, you can look around and be like, man, that's so crazy. The, the sculpture, they nailed that or they got this. And then you know, the whole park is like this. And so there's all these 
places that have these sculptures. I don't know what to call them. These sculptures ba- built out of Legos and really impressive stuff. And you just go up next to them and like see they're built out of bricks. And it's no, just, no, the Lego cities are awesome. Like when they do like the downtown. Yeah. Like, so you're yeah you're jumping ahead a little bit, but I was going to say so the so. We did. We circled the park and did all the rides from with my daughter, and there's lots of fun stuff to see. And then it was like nap time, so my kids like <clears throat> fell asleep in the stroller. And then for like an hour and a half, exactly right. They have this whole section that like kids would be born to tears, bored to tears. But it's called Miniland, and it's basically like like famous cities reconstructed, like not just famous monuments, which is what I thought I would see, but like full-on cities reconstructed in Legos. So here's Washington, D.C. And I was like, I, I had seen pictures of the Capitol building made out of Legos. Okay, cool. I'm Nothing wrong with that. It is freaking it's the huge. size of a city <laughs> bus. It is gigantic. <clears throat> and they, it's not just, here's the Capitol. It's, you it's look over mall. the Capitol, it's the whole mall. <laughs> so there's a river or the whatever the, I can't remember what it's called. I'm blanking. The Washington. water... And then the Washington yeah. Monument, yeah. and then more water, and then the freaking Lincoln uh, Memorial. Memorial, and then off to here, the White House over here, the Jefferson. It's like the whole deal, and they go to the level of like, oh, here's the residential area, and they have some houses. And so, a good, really good example of the level of detail is you guys have been to San Francisco, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So San Francisco, if you ever do the touristy thing, has Pier 39, I think it is, that has – it's famous for having all the seals, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's got all these seals off of it. Sure enough, I have a photo. They freaking have Pier 39, and they have a whole thing of seals, these little seals that are about, like, you know, yay big, just built out of these blocks. But I was like – and they had, you know, Lombard Street and all this crazy well, stuff. But it was, like, amazing. Like, here, I'm showing a picture, but, like, look <clears> – <throat> Oh, that's amazing. Like they have I was just there le- when I was at GDC. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was at that exact spot. Yeah. But it's amazing. Like, the level of detail is crazy. And, I mean, they have everything from, like, there's a couple of pictures. But, like, Coit Tower, you've been. No, right? no, I've been. I was going to say, just on the detail, did you? Did they still have New Orleans? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and did they have Did they have the, the funeral procession yep. down the street? Yep. That's what blew me. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, okay, cool. So they show, maybe they'll show a little funeral. The cars... Are on some kind of like they're like here's a car built out of Legos about the size of like a laptop computer right it's like yay big and it's on a dirt like road it's moving it, there's some kind of magnetic structure electrical structure underneath and so these like you're looking at DC and you're seeing like traffic patterns built out of freaking Legos That's it's amazing. like the yeah, level of detail I never heard it described before so I wanted to share it was unreal so I like the so New York one I like when they did like Grand Central Station yeah and like you saw like the different levels and then the subway yeah. and like they broke it down like half of the oh, so the cool. are all of them to that same scale where the, the yeah. a car uh, is about the size of the yeah I mean they're they're close okay. so then the two the two highlights for sure were Vegas have you had you guys seen Vegas they have Miniland Vegas. I'm not sure that they was there when I was there. They unbelievably nailed it. It is unreal to the point where they have the marquees for each thing, and they've got, like, in Lego bricks, like a 2D mosaic of, like, a magician with, like, you know, doing some magician-y pose, <laughs> and it's like the mirage, and they have... You mean, like, Sean Kearney and his... <clears throat> little magician. Little magician. It was unreal. And they also, I don't know when... I'm going to say recently. I don't know if it was recently. They have a Star Wars thing where they've recreated famous scenes from all the Star no, Wars movies pretty, in freaking Legos. Sweet. And the best one – I don't have a picture of it, unfortunately. The best freaking one is Endor from uh, – they have these yeah, little Christmas trees. Like these little like – I don't know, maybe four-foot Christmas trees. But the scale is such that they built a whole Ewok village inside these like four-foot Christmas <laughs> trees. So awesome. you feel like you're this giant looking into this forest. That's awesome. So all amazing. But – 
another reason I want to share a story is this opening weekend of the Legoland Hotel. Um, we didn't go stay at the hotel. It just happened to be opening weekend. There is a level of polish in this hotel that honestly I think rivals the Disneyland hotels. It is amazing. You walk in the front doors and there's just sections like these big pods of hundreds of thousands of Lego bricks with kids just sitting in these pods just building stuff. Mm. And and all these huge, crazy, ornate sculptures, and it's just amazing. So then, as we're this is in the morning, right before the park opens, we're hanging out at the hotel and checking out because we had heard that it opened. There's this one sculpture of this dragon in a soapy bubble bath, all made out of Legos, like you know, two hundred thousand Legos. I don't know. And so, I'm holding my daughter and I'm standing. I'm like, look, you know, it's made out of blocks. You know, she understands blocks. It's made out of blocks. And so she kind of. Sitting there, and I was like, "Look, Eloise, do you see? It's made out of blocks." And the dragon goes, "Hi, Eloise. My name is Soapy the Dragon." No what? way! And Did I'm its like, mouth move? I'm like, "No, no, no." Okay. It was just there was a speaker in it, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." There's some like, and it was like, "How are you today?" To the point where I was kind of like, "Okay, this is some pre-recorded thing. It picks up on voice, it registers a name, and it's some really smart computer like algorithm thing." And so I was like, "Eloise, can you say hi, Soapy?" And she's like, "Hi, Soapy." And Soapy goes, "Hi, sweetheart. It's nice to meet you." And I'm like. <laughs> This is starting to be a little too conversational. <laughs> and I'm like – and then the dragon – like I'm like, okay, this is fun. The dragon goes like, are you excited about your day in Disneyland – or in uh, Legoland today? And I'm and I was like, can you say yes? And she's like, yes. And, and the dragon goes, what do you want to see today? And like it's conversational. I'm like, what? This is amazing technology. How has someone not advertised this? And I look over to the right and there's a teenage girl with an iPad – dressed in I'm going to say civilian clothing she's got a hoodie on and she's just chilling with her hood up like she's basically playing an iPad game and then <laughs> I look over at her and right when Eloise goes hi she says hi Soapy I see this girl look up and go hi Eloise <laughs> she her job her job was to stand about 50 feet away from this dragon and she had a, I guess a little mic and she was interacting with whoever came up to it. And then to the point where, like, it was so cool. And she saw me recognize her. And I was like, this is amazing. And then as we were leaving, she, the, Soapy the dragon yelled, bye-bye, Eloise. Like, it was awesome. so cool and such a simple idea. But, like, the idea that someone had thought of this, I mean, it, I can't well, say enough that, about it. They do that with Push, which is the talking trash can mm. in oh, Tomorrowland. The- Right, because I have, I have yeah. two friends who do this, and it's the same concept. They're there That's with cool. a small mic, and they come Wait, up. There's and a they... talking trash can. Oh yeah, it's called it's Push. Super badass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the other one that does it that actually is really cool at uh, California Adventure at the Toy Story ride, the Mr. Potato Head, mm. which is neat because they what they did is they recorded um, Don Rickles does the voice of Mr. Potato Head, and they recorded a bunch of different segments of of him talking, mm. and then there's somebody who live is piecing them together. And I don't it's know like if a soundboard, they names, just like press buttons. But it's like a soundboard. And so like if you walk up and you're wearing a blue shirt, you can go like, nice blue shirt. Blah, blah, blah. And it's someone live is looking at it and then typing in what Don Rickles is actually pre-recorded saying. Or maybe they neat. have Don Rickles Don in Rickles the chamber. Don is, is dead. Yeah, no, so the, it doesn't that. matter. Doesn't now, matter. where they're going with this tech, and I might have mentioned on one of the shows before. So I, another one of my friends is one of, the, um, is one of the head puppeteers for Disney Company as a whole. I, actually, I know a couple people who are puppeteers. One of the new things they've gotten into in the last probably 10 years has been um, the first one was Crush, and it's a show called Turtle Time. They have it at California Venture. They also do it that started at Epcot. Turtle Talk with Crush. Yes. And 
basically it's it's a uh, it's a CG version of Crush the turtle, uh, but you're there's a puppeteer behind a screen with a with a mic and a uh, Xbox or not Xbox I'm sorry PlayStation controller that he's actually puppeteering the CG video game s hmm. style, but he's talking and it actually is synced to his uh, it's it's synced to his voice. But it's not just when you say video game style. I mean, it's a legit CG animation. No, 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 it doesn't no, no, look like a yeah, video yeah, yeah. game. I mean, but the way he can control it, he he has he has some basic cool. controls how he can move around the screen. Where they're going with it, talking to them not too long ago, they're they're doing a um, they're doing a Monsters Inc. version of this as well. But where they're going with it is they want to have the kids, or I guess maybe they are doing this now. The kids they they give them basically like an IR pad or like a name tag with their name, but it actually has an IR chip in it. So when the kid's out in the stand, they can yeah. scan, and he's like, my buddy was saying, like, you can. Me- it's so awesome to mess with kids because they can go like, everybody's got their heads up, and they'll be like, Stan, and and the kids are looking around, the kid like, and they're like, yeah, Stan, you in the red shirt, and like parents <laughs> at this point are like, what the, fuck? <laughs> how the hell does he know Stan? Stan will walk up, but then maybe his sister comes with it. The reader will pick up the sister's name, and he's like, well, I didn't say bring Alice with you, and all of a sudden it's like this over the top interactive experience yeah. that like. It's mind blowing, and what they've done recently is he—he um, he just got back from the cruise ships, some of the new Disney cruise ships. They have a dining experience where you have portholes by your dining table, where Crush can swim up to your porthole yeah, at your you. at your table <laughs> and sit and have a conversation off the same way. He has your—he ta- knows who's sitting there because they mm-hmm. give a name list, so he knows. Yeah. He can go up and be like. Josh, Jay, what the hell? Are you, you know, are you guys having a good time at your dinner? Like, are you talking to us? Crush? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm talking to you. Because there's mics on the table as well, That's so you get like cool. this uber interactive experience with Crush. That's super neat. And and he talks, my buddy, like all the actors all have that, like, yo, dude, Josh, really liking your food. <laughs> <laughs> but like where they've been taking that is just it, it, like all the way from what they're doing at Legoland, which is awesome. They're getting into that. Like it's just, dude, it, DreamWorks is kind of doing something amazing. Like that, they do it in a smaller scale. Only for like special events and stuff, but they were doing the magic mirror with yeah. a guy being mo capped. So when he was the, talking, uh, it was for the Shrek the musical. Yeah. Yes, and then uh, they're doing. They want to do something. I think right now they're trying to do that same technology, uh, but with uh, for Peabody and Sherman. They're going to have Peabody, you know, be there, and they want to, uh, you know, mo cap somebody's face, you know, doing live, and he's talking and interacting. That's cool. So I just want to say, <clears throat> I was blown away by Legoland like it is definitely the rides are very much for little kids but I would go back myself by myself just yeah, to soak up the kids visuals. and adults but teenagers would are all those are all those uh, um, statues or whatever are those hand constructed yeah 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 I mean it's wild, man. it's unreal and I hate DreamWorks <laughs> you want to <laughs> well, know why no we can just because that. at SeaWorld <laughs> at SeaWorld there used to be a one of the um you know the 4D experiences where it's a 3D movie and the seats rumble or they spray water in your face or something? There was a, a 4D movie at SeaWorld for years called The Pirate's Adventure. And it was like like Leslie Nielsen. And it was like <laughs> it was cheesy and awesome. And they're replacing it with a Madagascar-themed <laughs> 4D experience. Hey, man, that's how I felt I'm when angry. Universal move it, move it. replaced Miami Vice with the fucking Waterworld show. <laughs> and that shit still There was a Miami today. Vice show there? It was the sickest Miami Vice show ever. And the only Miami and Vice, the only Vice show. Miami <laughs> but one thing I wanted to bring up is that I um, – one of the coolest things I ever went to is the Imagineering Department at Disney who make all the theme park rides. They had a presentation that I got to go to once where they send like three guys out – to theme parks across the country for two weeks every year. 
and they come back and report on their findings. And so this group had gone to a bunch of different theme parks, and they were showing, like, it was like a video, like, slideshow about kick-ass theme parks. And they had, one, the first thing they said is that Dollywood, which is Dolly Parton's theme park, closest thing to a Disney experience, they said. They were like, if we had to say of every, of Universal Studios. I'll go into that after this. Dollywood. But they also showed one, which unfortunately does not exist anymore. It was closed down. But it was probably the coolest theme park I've ever heard of. Hard Rock had a theme park in South Carolina. <laughs> and it was, they showed two rides on this theme park. And you can YouTube walkthroughs of both these rides. And I suggest you do because they're so, so cool. One of them was a Led Zeppelin ride. And this ride was, I think it was called A Whole Lot of Love with Led Zeppelin. What you did is you walked in the line. When you got to a certain part in the line, you actually entered a giant Zeppelin. Then there was a three, uh, I think it was a 2D concert experience, but it was in, you know, 10.1 surround sound. And what they did is uh, there was a screen where Zeppelin was playing live, like it looked like it. It was a live concert film. And they had, all the people were crammed in, but it looked like you were in a concert venue. And they even had people on screen who were like standing in front that made it look like you were live at a concert. They start playing a whole lot of love. They get to... um, a point in a whole lot of love. I think it is it, towards the middle of the song. There's like a little breakdown that just goes to drums. At that point, the doors open in this theater, and you all walk out and sit in a roller coaster car. And the roller coaster takes off, but the roller coaster is sunk up to the song that you've been listening to since you walked into this concert. And the it starts building, and as the song starts building back into like what is like the big finale to the song, you're going up to a big That's drop. Awesome. Then you drop down and you go through this roller coaster listening to a whole lot of love. That's sunk up perfectly. Like every dip is sunk up. That is only topped <laughs> by what might be the, the greatest theme park ride I've ever heard of in my life, which was Moody Blues The Trip. And this was a... Is it the same theme park? This is the same theme park. This is a ride based on um, the song Nights in White Satin by the Moody Blues. You walk through the line and it's like black light posters everywhere and it's like very like hippie. Like, super cool. You sit down in a car, and this is, like, kind of a slower-paced ride where you almost feel like you're kind of, like, hovering above ground because they're trying to recreate an LSD trip. (laughs) (laughs) You, like, at one point, you're riding your car through, like, what looks like through a giant, like, eyeball that's just blinking. It's like every acid scene in a 60s movie. You, like, go through it on your uh, theme park ride. And this thing closed down in a year. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> really, that didn't take yeah. off. <laughs> is it a uh, closer representation to an acid trip than the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland? Which I will say is a fucking solid ride, Winnie yeah. the Pooh. That's it not is bad. an acid trip, but it's it's like a really well-done ride that's way hidden in the theme park and yeah. never has a line. Here's a fun tip. Well done. In case you guys didn't know this, a little Disney trivia for you. Winnie the Pooh, was the ride was built over the old Country Bear Jamboree. And after the swirling honeypot, if you look up behind you in the rafters, it's all like mounted in the rafters are all the animatronic talking heads from the. the country. It looks uh, terrifying. It does. Yeah. It the, looks the, terrifying. The, the, the dead terrifying. country bears who they rolled over to build the <laughs> Winnie the Pooh ride are all mounted there, staring down at all of the cars. <laughs> in so, contempt. so I got two things. So, one, my Legoland experience was was. Uh, Almost what Jay said to to a T was I went eight years ago with with, uh, with a girlfriend at the time. It we were done by noon, and I rode every ride they would let me ride. I, I'm a Lego fanatic as it is, so like I was totally into going when I moved out here. So there there were certain rides they wouldn't let me on. I was too tall, but I literally rode ones that I wasn't even supposed to ride because the park was kind of slow that day. Just because 
Like you probably saw it. Did you ride with Eloise at all? Yeah. Okay. So even even though ones were little kids, there were still giant things. Like and at the time when I was there, Harry Potter had just came out. So a lot of the theming was the Harry Potter. So I'm like, this is kind of cool. But by noon, we had seen the whole park, and I had rode everything they would let me ride. The city, by far the coolest, um, a giant life-size Volvo that they had modeled to scale. I mean, it's the size of yep. a normal Volvo. That's still there. Is it the blue one? Yeah, but it's not. It's a shell over a real Volvo. If you look under the wheel. Is it? You look in the – the wheels are real. You look under the wheel, and you can see the, the chassis. Car? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, anyways, the cool park. I, the the Legoland Hotel I've been reading about lately. I definitely want to check out because I've seen interior photos of the rooms. But you were done by noon. Yeah, we had seen everything I and done like, everything. I feel like I could go back for two more days. And I had not no have. kids. They've, I mean, they've expanded it a this little bit more years. since then. Yeah, I mean, I went in like 2001. I think it was that was like 12 years ago, and you know the park hadn't been open that long, and we did it pretty quickly. It was more we went to some of the areas where. You can build, like, the Legos, and they have, like, a little racetrack and, and everything like that. So I was building mine to race, like, all the kids and stuff like that, too. I won, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we did. I, 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 <laughs> just I milked it. I mean, I milked everything that I could milk out and of that. Done by noon. We, and I actually opened the park. It was one of the first times I've ever woke up that early to go to a theme park. Man, that's funny. I, I honestly, I, we didn't see everything. Had, we I, had, I had, had I had kids, now, if I had taken Dylan now, it would be a totally different experience, I'm sure. But So that's that. Fucking A Dollywood, dude. Dollywood. It, so my family growing up, we used to go to a, a part of Tennessee called Gatlinburg, which is up in the Smoky Mountains. Which we discussed in episode 58, which <laughs> hasn't been posted back. yet. Yeah, which you can go back and listen to the alpine sledding stories of Gatlinburg. <laughs> yeah. But what is close to Gatlinburg, and it was this, about three years ago we went back, our whole family got together, uh, is a place called Pigeon Forge, which is like a touristy area outside of Gatlinburg, which is touristy on its own right. But that's where Dollywood's at. My mom knew somebody and got Dollywood tickets. We're like, well, let's just, you know, you hear about it. You're like, okay, Dolly Parton has a theme park. This can't, you know, whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is one of the most beautiful parks you'll you'll ever just be in period. One, the landscaping on how they build it. The only other park I think that's close to it is the Busch Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia, if you've ever been, um, where it's like it's just part of the forest. And they build the theme park around the forest without ripping almost anything up. Hmm. And all of the employees are dressed like colonial townsfolk? There are some, yes. There are some, oddly wow. enough. I know town, there was probably there. a joke waiting to happen, but no, there town, no, they're really, town crier. They're really there's, there's eagles town drunk. you could see. But yeah. it Jay was, is the town crier and the town drunk. It was as clean as Disney, if not cleaner. Hmm. There's just things I pointed out. I mean, I had, I had worked at the park for five years, so I was like, I'm very judgmental on these things. And I'm watching, I'm like... I, I literally was blown away by that. I was blown away by, like, how well it was kept. The rides they had, like, a good diversity of rides for little kids. And then the, the roller coasters they had were pretty insane, too. They, like, they would go through the forest, which were cool. Most of the rides were. Um, left just – I literally left blown away that the experience I had there. I had not expected to have that good a time there as I did. And actually – we're supposed to go back this summer uh, with the family again, and I'm going to see if I can score tickets to go back because it's just it's. Can you it's also fun. get video of your dad going down the concrete? The alpine side. Yes. Yeah, I, I tried last time to get him shooting to go off, down, and he the the fear in his eye. He's I'm, I'm going to be in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. But I would recommend if you are on the East Coast and in Tennessee, Dollywood. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before, if you're in the East Coast and you're in Tennessee, I'm, I'm sorry. If you're on the East Coast before you go to <laughs> Hollywood, go to Bojangles. <laughs> no, the only thing I'm sorry about is the Hard Rock is no longer on the East yeah. Coast. To, to was, so that, that, that yeah. was open for a year, right? I think it was. It wasn't very long. I think it was about a year from when it like officially opened its doors to when it closed. And it was pretty. It's pretty new over the last like five years, right? Uh, like over the yeah, I guess it was probably over the last five years. Because I, I I saw another like another thing on like Discovery Channel something they were showing a really rad roller coaster that had like it was like a circle car that you like rolled along the track that was supposed hmm. to be super rad but I guess that didn't do so well. They said the problem with it, at least the Disney guys had said the big problem was that it was uh, it was n- not in whatever the main city is in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was like um, Char- Charleston? Yeah, it was somewhere else where it was like 50 60 miles from the nearest like major airport. Like it just was like in a shitty area mm, and then they said my favorite thing they said though is the guy took a lot of pictures of like he's like what you see a lot of in this place is parents like looking like they're beside themselves and teenagers looking like what the fuck am I doing here because <laughs> there was I'm sure you could modern. drink I'm yeah. sure you could drink yeah. I probably was just ripped people like yeah. in the entire theme park <laughs> oh yeah it's in Tennessee come on <laughs> freestyle <laughs> music funny. park formerly the hard rock park was a music theme parked in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach. No, Myrtle Beach is popular though. That opened in 2008 mm. and then temporarily closed in 2008 due to financial <laughs> issues, reopened in 2009 and closed again after 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. That's awesome. <laughs> 6 months stints. Yeah. Uh, reopened again in 2010. It closed again. It does not say I think that's it. What are some of the shows? Scroll down, Jay. I think that's it. Uh, by the way, we're on Wikipedia in case anyone wants to. Uh, Malibu Beach Party was a show. Ooh. The roller coaster leads up on the ride. Bohemian Rhapsody show. Ooh. You could eat at Alice's restaurant. <laughs> roller coaster slippery when wet. <laughs> How did this fail? <laughs> Interesting. Like, so we're going to build a porn star theme <laughs> park in L.A.? Seems like a good idea. Good times. So, uh, Sean... Yes. What Jason did you do this Pecco. weekend? Oh, I saw a movie that I loved twice. <laughs> or, sorry, movie a was movie that? that I love, I saw it twice. It was Jurassic Park in, in 3D. <laughs> 3D television format? Three. It was in the 3D television standard that everyone's okay. been using lately. Standard. Standard uh, television definition. Um, <laughs> yes, I saw Jurassic Park in 3D. They re-released it. I don't know how long. I think it's only for a couple weeks. They re-released um, one of the greatest big-budget blockbuster movies of all time. I would say that if I had to say the three movies that come to mind when I think like great blockbuster movies of the last 20 years would be um, Jurassic Park, Men in Black, and I'd say the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Great, just like exactly what you bargained for in a big-budget, like fucking action-packed, funny, cool movie. That being said... <laughs> And that's why I bring it up on this show is specifically for Mr. Jay Carter. The 3D, like, was both really cool in, like, two moments and then in a two-and-a-half-hour movie for two hours and 15 minutes just fucking terrible <laughs> and took away from the movie. Captain EO terrible? No. Okay. But Captain EO is wonderful. I don't but know, Captain EO, it's hard yeah, to You Neo. saw me rip my glasses off and cover one eye because it hurt so <laughs> bad. No, Captain EO, um, uh, there was a guy talking at our work a couple weeks ago, and he had he was had been like an Imagineer forever. And somebody asked like what his, like if there was ever a ride that he was kind of like, ugh, on. And he was like, 
Well, I guess we can all agree that Captain EO was a bit of a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, amen, brother. But yes, the, the problem with Jurassic Park is that in the T-Rex scene, that looked amazing. That looked like what they spent all of their time on. That looks like what they showed Steven Spielberg when he came around and was like, hey, you guys are taking this movie that I made and putting it in 3D. They would show that scene. He'd be like, this is going to be awesome. The problem is a lot of that movie isn't running away from dinosaurs. A lot of movie is like just conversations between people. And the way that they did the 3D, it made it look – and whenever there was a static shot of human beings, it looked like they had filmed those scenes in front of a green screen in 1993 it was awkward <laughs> it looked super like it just looked unreal you know what it looked like it didn't even look like a green screen it looked like those old school cd-rom games like seventh guest where like there was full motion video in front of just a 2d background and i wanted to bring that up to you guys i did see it twice though so obviously <laughs> something did not prevent you from passed that up and well it was the times, movie on the big screen regardless yeah. so that had you. and that's what the, by the time i left i realized that all things considered i didn't have a terrible experience but all things considered i was like man i wish there was a 2d showing of this movie i would see it in a heartbeat in 2d so next time if you want to go see it i have a pair of glasses that i've created by kind of putting Frankenstein two pairs together that only lets you see the left eye version of the film. No way. So you can go, should you want to, you can go to a 3D movie and see the 2D version. That's amazing because uh, the way I got around this was closing one eye (laughs) and watching full scenes. And the other thing, the last thing about the 3D that I didn't like is it was um, Real D or Real 3D. Real D? Real D, the ones where um, your glasses have like a little motor in them. I know, that's Uh, active. Expand. Yeah, those... (laughs) Awful. Yeah. Because it the glasses themselves, like the physical glasses. You went to Arclight, didn't you? I went to Arclight. <laughs> I actually, both times I saw it in an Arclight That's, theater. Yeah. Arclight has the Arclight. worst 3D in like. Unbelievable. Arclight uses X-Band. So they're too, just really quick, they're too top heavy. And so the problem is you're spending half your time pushing the glasses back up. The problem is, the, the second problem on top of that stupid problem is when I push them up, I put my finger on right above the bridge of my nose. Well, that's where the stupid sensor is that turns the 3D on and off. So every time I push these glasses up, which happens every two minutes because the glasses are too heavy, I'm turning off the 3D and it's like I'm taking them off and then putting them back on, which causes headaches. Shouldn't you have learned your lesson on the first go on the first time? It was two different arc light theaters. And oh. so I assumed that maybe the second Arclight Theater... It's okay. fucking Jurassic Park. Like, what do you want me look, to say? That's like, I look. did bad cocaine, but I'm addicted to cocaine. <laughs> so I fucking went back to the same dealer. Here's I like the cocaine. <laughs> Here's the deal. You do know that you have a good friend who knows something about this stuff. So feel free to ask, should you want to in the future. But you hadn't yeah. seen it. No. You would have told him right at, your opinion right in front of you. like, it's conversion. Don't go see it. I think the day I met you for the first time... Or, the, you came and spoke at our work about 3D, and this was right after they announced Jurassic Park. And the only question I asked was like, hey, how are they going to do this for Jurassic Park? Because that was all, the only pressing issue in my mind was like, are they going to fuck up this movie that I love? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that you want to talk about your thing, yeah. but tell me about Jurassic Park. Yeah, what the fuck are they doing with that? Uh, so, you know, I want to be careful to say, because there's a lot of people who work really, really hard on this, on these films, on the conversion of these movies. I think the hard part is that... Um, if something is shot in 3D, um, like an actual live-action film shot in 3D, it's a, uh, it's a real representation of space. Now, that space can be dialed back to be flatter or bigger, but it's like my level of volume relative to Jack's level of volume sitting next to me 
would be the same because mm. it's filmed. Same thing is true of CG animated films. So we put a camera in there and we shoot the scene just like a real camera. And if you put stereo parameters on it, Jack's amount of 3D or depth would be the same as mine. The problem with conversion in general, it's, just, it's kind of a philosophical problem, is that you don't have 3D to begin with. So you're taking a 2D image, and regardless of the painstaking amount of work and the fact that your camera's fallen over... Um, <laughs> it hasn't been on the whole time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, but it's flashing. <laughs> the fact that, uh, that they don't have 3D to begin with means they have to take every single frame, every frame of the movie... And for a two and a half an hour long film, it's a lot of frames. And they literally painstakingly rotoscope out. Let me draw a lasso tool. I mean, it's more complex than this, but let me draw a lasso tool around Jason and cut him out from the background. And then let me shift Jason in one eye. And then, uh oh, I've exposed some blank space that wasn't there before. Now I have to paint that in and guess what it may have looked like based on previous frames. So. There's a problem there, which is that it's an artistic interpretation of, of the space at the time, which would be fine if it was one artist working on the film. But it's not. It's a team of 1,800 people across the world working on a film like that. Isn't there a computer algorithm that can do that? There's line detection algorithms that can help you determine where hard edges are, that help you separate elements. But every single one of those elements is is – our algorithms is dialable, which means in some cases it'll miss stuff. Like every single one of those things, no matter what, breaks on hair. It's like the magic selection tool in Photoshop. Exactly. There's like a tolerance. Exactly. And, and it breaks on hair. Every single one of them breaks yeah, on hair yeah, every yeah. time. And so, again, I want to be careful. The 3D Converted 3D films are not my cup of tea because of its, its hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, in some cases thousands of artists interpreting the space. Mm-hmm. And no artist has the same artistic tendencies, which means it's a slightly different interpretation, shot to shot to shot to shot to shot, sometimes multiple people in one shot, which means it's going to feel, I think as you put it, just generally like awkward. Like that's the word. It's because as you had one person that was like controlling this whole thing and doing every shot, it might feel more consistent or at Mm -hmm. least like, hey, there was a single vision in this, but each shot was maybe not as different to the other shots around it. And so in general, it's not my cup of tea. There's a lot of people that work really, really hard at it. And but there were moments that were really good. And, like, you, there was no way that you could ignore, especially because I had known a lot of this from you. And so, especially knowing what goes into it, there was no way that you couldn't look at that and go, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's a batshit insane that that actually people <laughs> did this and now this exists. My, my biggest gripe was probably just that it was maybe the wrong movie to yeah. do it to. Just because it's actually, like, the camera's fixed a lot. It's a lot of just talking head moments. If you did this to a Michael Bay movie that's a cut every 20 seconds and is nonstop action, I think it would have been – because in the action moments, it added something. It was, it was definitely interesting. I think the big flaw for me was they should have done it the way they did Superman in 3D where they basically were like, put on your glasses now, watch this kick-ass scene, take your glasses off, just enjoy that this is a giant – uh, sure. Screen. And you hit the nail on the head too, by the way. That exactly what happened is, I bet you that Amblin, uh, DreamWorks Live Action, went to all these conversion houses and said, here's a T-Rex scene as a test. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us your best shot to win the bid for this project? And so, and exactly that, Spielberg's in love with this one scene. And so they put, their A players probably spent a year on this one scene and probably spent three months, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, a shorter amount of time on the whole rest of the film. So that's yeah. it. So you get these scenes that are like, that's amazing. A ton of attention put into that. They probably redid those shots hundreds of times to get them to look right. 
And then there's the rest of the film. And then there's, it's funny, it reminds me, I remember talking to a guy who worked on a video game Stranglehold, which is a John Woo video game. And it's a pretty kick-ass game, but it is probably one of the best demos that you can download on the Xbox or PSN marketplace. Like, I think it's still available. Go download it. And the game is that. okay, but the demo's like amazing. The demo's amazing. amazing. <laughs> And I remember talking to a guy about it and going, like, man, I loved the demo. And he goes, did you play the game? I was like, yes, I was avoiding talking about the game. <laughs> and what he said was for that game was in development for six years, I think, because six it skipped. Um, it was in between yeah, was generations. Generation, yeah. So they, had, they were working on an Xbox Holy game. Shit. 360 comes out. And they said, hey, why don't you take two extra years but make it for this console that everyone has now? And so he said that they spent the majority of their time on their first level because that was what they were pitching to John Woo. That's what they were pitching to Microsoft. That's what they were pitching to Midway. So everybody wanted to see that level. So they just tweaked and refined and spent like literally 50% of their dev time on this crazy cool opening level. And then they went, um, now you have, you know, whatever, six months to rinse and repeat for 10 levels. And so while the rest of the game isn't bad, it just does it not. It doesn't look anything. As it just good. doesn't compare. The game is all about using um, your environment to solve to to kill people. Basically, it's a third person like shooter game. But instead <coughs> of shooting you in the head, I shoot a light fixture above you, and it drops onto your head. So it's like this playground of things to shoot. You can play that demo fifteen times and find a different path each way, and each way is so super cool. And then you get to, like, level six, and it's just like, you should just shoot that guy in the head because we wasted – you know, we had all this great, these great ideas, and we didn't have time to figure out how to make them fit in this environment or that environment. And it reminds me of the same sort of thing of, like, you could just see, like, the love and affection in that T-Rex scene is just obvious. It's so super cool. And then the rest of the movie is, one – not really built for it. And then two, kind of just had that feeling of like, man, we got to get through this boring ass scene where a dude is standing still eating ice cream for 10 minutes. We've talked about kind of like this before too with <clears throat> visual effects because it gets farmed out to so many different houses. And you're just like, you know, uh, the biggest one for me that like slapped me in the face was when we saw uh, the Hulk, the Edward Norton one. And like, you know, there's this cool shot and there's the Hulk and stuff. And then it shows the helicopter and the helicopter looks like it was literally like cut and pasted like old school South Park style. Like, <laughs> like as it spins around, you're just like, oh, my God, like who did this? And you're just like, yeah, I'm sure not. Well, that, that I mean, they, it happened on a movie we worked on, but it wasn't even splitting the, splitting it up. But when we worked on uh, Beowulf, me and Josh, where they would pick scenes to just put everyone on. And, and there's a scene where you don't see his penis. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a, that's I did. an important scene. Unfortunately, I did in textures, and it was a horrible, horrible <laughs> thing. Wait a second. Hold on. They I, had textures for it. It I was going to, do a to whole go. Episode it, about was, that. it was going to happen. Did and they, they mocap a wang? <laughs> <laughs> that's pure animation, man. Okay. Uh, we, we need no mocap for that. <laughs> Intimately familiar. At my, de- at my desk, we got it down. So they, uh, I saw the penis tests, too, for the um, I saw for Watchmen. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen. Yeah. 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 Watchmen for thing that, like, too. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> Wait, because so hold on. No, hold on. Wait, well, how did we only get to this now? This is going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> so Dr. Manhattan, originally, they did have him, like, in the comic with his, like, dick yeah. hanging out. He does in the movie. He does? Oh, yeah. You see a dong. There's a blue dong in there. He's naked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, We nicknamed it the blue dong goal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. Wow. Bernam, bernam. When, when you say we, <laughs> you, are you <laughs> saying you? All yeah. the people you? with comedy sense. <laughs> comedy sense, huh? Comedy sense. That, that, we're just going to let that one slide? Yeah. No, no. I, I've already <laughs> smacked him on the arm. That was my that was my telltale. Like, you, you've done wrong. <laughs> so wait. So in Beowulf, just really quickly, because we need to close the door on this penis. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> they The original the original idea was uh, the very, very first pass there were going to be moments where you potentially could have seen it. Because he was, there is that whole scene they, where he's they, fighting naked. The idea, yeah, yeah. He's, he fights Grendel, the bad yeah. guy. His idea, his character type was, I want to fight him on the same ground and make you feel like you're no more powerful than me. I can fight yeah. you naked like you are. So they had, I, I had heard the talk of it really early on, and I and I didn't believe it. And then <laughs> one of the guys we work with now at, uh, at DreamWorks sent me a uh, <laughs> the first texture map pass that goes on to the characters I'm like he goes just scroll down to the bottom of the last pass what are you talking about dude and it just as I scroll down it's almost like this just bush forest is starting to build up (laughs) as I scroll up and I'm like it just keeps going doesn't it this is what is it 4k no it's a 2k projection (laughs) of just cock on screen, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm missing that. That's that's there. Who painted that? Texture? I don't know. That's what I and I, I it was it was, was an intern job. My, it was our <laughs> one friend. Intern job. You had to paint the dick. But no, they, I never saw. I, well, I saw a pass with just just, just bush on him, and it looked like he was a like a like a lady boy or something, like hiding it. <laughs> yeah. the, the pass I saw, and then they sort of scrapped that idea. And if you watch the movie, they got very they got very witty and uh, little ingenious ideas of hiding it through the fight scene. Down to like positioning candlesticks. It's very awesome powers. Yeah, oh, very awesome powers. I hide mine when I. F- <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. You want I, no one to I see it. I took it back. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Suck it. Before we get too far away from this, I wanted to mention one. <laughs> too thing. far away from what? <laughs> you know, Dong. I wanted to mention that if you're going to go see any 3D film, yes. Ask the theater that you're going to go to what is the viewing technology, and if the answer is not real D. Mm. Do not go to that theater. So real D are the lightweight plastic glasses. Yes. And then, so this is another thing that I did not know, <clears throat> is Jurassic Park in another theater could be in real D. That is not, that is a dependent from theater to theater, not the yes, correct. production. Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not, it, that's just the way that any theater shows it to the audience, but the yeah. actual images are in 3D. So there's hmm. two sets of images, one for left yeah. eye, one for right eye. It's just... How does X Theater show it to their audience versus X Theater? And there's three main ones. There's Active, which is usually X-Band, which I believe is what you saw it in. Real D, which is um, pretty much the mainstream one. Uh, AMC and uh, Regal Entertainment Theaters all use that. And then um, the last one is Dolby, which is a convoluted complex system of the old 1950s red and blue technology as well as the real D polarized technology. Hmm. But uh, it color shifts the image slightly. So I don't like that because it color shifts it. And for the exact same reasons you mentioned, active shutter glasses, the X-Band system, it's no bueno. Yeah. So uh, go see real D 3D movies. The active ones, too, they really darken the scene. Yeah. Like really, really bad. It was unbelievable. And I they did do a thing because when I took the glasses off, they brightened Jurassic Park pretty like when you looked at it, it almost looked blown out. So I think they were compensating. I don't know if they, it was they arc light do, throwing yeah, they more do, light behind it. You do compensate it because you still get the the darkness with even real D mm-hmm. um, things too, but not as much as you do with the the active glass as well. Yeah. And, and they won't in each system too. It's up to the theater's discretion on how much like they 
how much um, they increase the how much they increase it and that. stuff like that too and every time i i get an arc light email going like how was your experience and da 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 and i go like it's fantastic i totally would have seen this movie in 3d if you guys didn't use this da 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 da, da. and so every single time i've always commented on the fact that i will never watch a 3d movie there until you guys change your system cuz i will and i will do that cuz as jpeco knows i am that guy who definitely will be like, you know what? Um, I really hate that you. <laughs> but you'll go see it twice. That's Sean <laughs> Kearney, everyone. That's Sean <laughs> Kearney. That is you me. Hate. That's two emails. That is. That's that two is, emails. That, yeah, that two might be three. Because you know what? It's down the street from my apartment, and I'm probably going to go see it one more time. So <laughs> fuck it. There you go. I'm lazy more than I have values. <laughs> <laughs> so something ArcLight does do right. And for, for, people, awesome. for people who don't live in L.A., ArcLight is one of the nicer theaters here in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Once a year, the American Film Institute gets with ArcLight, <coughs> and they do a special day of viewing, of movies, viewing television film productions mm-hmm. at Film Quality, mm-hmm. uh, where they they pull movies out of the archives, and they have a actor from the film host and intro the film. This year's list is pretty amazing, uh, one, and it's on a Wednesday, so I was thinking about Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Maybe doing a little nerd task. I can't. I have field to do trip. the podcast on Wednesdays. <laughs> no, no. This this would be in place of. Oh, we podcast from the actual. From the, like, you have to bring a little whisper. Like. Yeah. So the movie selections and and first of all, the the reason it even got sent, it got sent by uh, me and uh, one of our dreamers friends, David Bazelon. Uh, Blade Runner in hosted by Harrison Ford. Double in. Oof. We just need to do that, right? <laughs> like, let's just get fucking Okay, that, that sold me instantly. Jason doesn't know good films, so he won't go to that one. Uh, he will Monkey potentially ball. go to... Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. <laughs> as long as Brendan <laughs> Fraser's there. No. You know, I'm looking at the list. I, it's funny. He's, he, you'd think he'd be here, but he's really not. <laughs> they burned he's really not all in. the negatives he's of that really movie. He's really not in. Uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Oh, Samuel Jackson's hosting. Oh, come uh, on. Now, what's crazy? This is all in one night. Oh, These are all in different theaters. That's Tarantino's worst film. Wait, Continue. is this like, quickly, <laughs> uh, can you get tickets to this? this? They go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. They, well, they sell, sell out in like 30, 30 seconds. $30 a ticket. They sell yeah. out literally within the first hour. All right, we need to do this. Usual Suspects, Kevin Spacey Ooh. hosting. You got I know, me I know. You that that was the other one. That one and the, and the, and the uh, Blade Runner were the two that got it's me. A shame, Jay, it's a shame, Jason, that you haven't seen Kill Bill Volume 2. I have. Or Jackie Brown. I've seen both That of you said films. that Pulp no, Fiction no. was Tarantino's worst movie. I have seen both of those films, and Pulp Fiction is the worst film Tarantino's oh, ever made. God, oh, my God. Including Let's Death Race and... Oh, yeah. I love how Sean's just learning this about yeah. you. We've all known it forever. Pulp Fiction is a horrible, horrible film. It is a terrible atrocity to the filmmaking world. Shut your mouth. Fans of this show, don't listen to Jason Carter. It is god-awful. Okay, why do you think that? Please, please. Uh-oh. No, don't get don't get me wrong because it's I think I, I enjoy the movie very much, but I think it's one of the most overrated <laughs> we've, movies. We've lost in cinema history. <laughs> completely agree, but no, it's not that agree. I don't like it. I do enjoy the movie, but I think that it is way overhyped. Uh, gotcha. No, I, or I overrated. Think it, I think it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's there's dialogue which Tarantino does brilliantly. But it's not dialogue in the context of any kind of good story. There is no story. It's just disjointed scenes of dialogue. That's all that movie is. There's no... Yeah, there's no plot. There's no plot. Django and Inglorious Bastards, that's where he... To me, that's where Tarantino's starting to say, hey, this, this dialogue thing that, I'm really, that he's <coughs> really good at with plot equals brilliant filmmaking. Just random conversation. Uh, Saturday Night Live does that every Saturday. <laughs> 
Continue. <laughs> I can't even justify anything that, that comes out of his mouth about that. What else? What so, else? okay, here's a movie Monkey list. Bone doesn't even have dial. No. Here's <laughs> a movie list. I was going to say the monkey should host this. <laughs> so, in order, we have uh, Misery. Oh, Kathy Bates Kathy is hosting. Come on. Never saw it. Is that any good? Never saw it's it. Really it's, good. Uh, it's pretty good. It's Moonstruck, good. if you want to see hmm. Cher, she's hmm. hosting. Uh, didn't she? Skip that one. Never mind. Die. Norma Ray, <laughs> Sally Field's hosting. I just like I've Sally never, Field. Never seen that. Easy Rider, Peter Fonda's hosting. Oh, that's dude. it. That's all Wait, I want to do. I thought Peter Fonda's Ever. dead. No. 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 You're thinking Dennis Hopper, who directed Easy Rider. He's dead. dead. Terms of Endearment, Shirley MacLaine. That's not a bad one either. Wait, she's alive too? He yeah. directed MacLaine. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ghost. Old Demi's getting up there. Heard oh. she's single. <laughs> I liked her in G.I. Jane. Shrek. Oh, Mike Myers is going to be there. Hey. hey. In the Heat of the Night, Sidney Pontier. Wow. Whoa. I didn't know he was alive. And, another, and another one that's pretty amazing, The Thing, hosted by Kurt Russell. Oh, oh. that's what we got to go do. What I like Kurt about Russell's this is we can buy tickets. So good. We pretty much can buy tickets, and all of us could go to different movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's super true. We all could see different hosts. I don't know if there's a movie <laughs> shitty enough for Carter to go to, though. <laughs> He'd be like, you know what? Uh, what usual uh, suspects. I'd, I'd I'd I'm in right for now. Moonstruck. I'm in yeah. for Moonstruck. I'd be all over usual suspects. I can't even name a movie bad enough that's out right now that he'd be like, well, I guess I'll see G.I. Joe 2 instead. Hey, <laughs> saw that? I uh, hear it's saw really that the good. Other day. Oblivion? It's fun. Oblivion? Fun. Anyone excited about Oblivion? I, I am. Yes. I am. Uh, that's the oh, uh, they're prim- they're premiering Elder Scrolls? Tonight. They shut down all of... Uh, Who was talking about that? Adam. Oh. Adam was... Actually, Adam at lunch was talking about they that. They shut down Hollywood? Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, the Hollywood Boulevard to do the premiere. <laughs> so, the Oblivion, they showed... <clears throat> so, okay, so two weird things going back to Jurassic Park. Oh, my One God. One is, when I, since I saw it twice, and both at Arclight Theaters, one in Hollywood at the Dome <coughs> and one in Sherman Oaks right near my apartment, they showed the trailers in um, Sherman Oaks. All of the trailers were in 3D. At the Dome, all of the trailers, except for one, and I can't remember what that one was, were in 2D, but yet it was the same exact movies. It was Oblivion, and it was uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. But I will say... I was hoping they showed all the trailers from the 80s. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but no, but what, th- what I did see is I saw the trailer for Oblivion, and I saw Jurassic Park... Wednesday night at the like first screening they were doing of it, and then I um, that night I had a dream that I watched Oblivion, and then it was really good. And I woke up and was like, "Man, that fucking Oblivion movie's great!" And it took me like twenty minutes to realize that it was not the movie. It was it, like I hadn't seen the movie because it's not out yet, and that the the dream I had had was of a completely different movie because it wasn't even based on the trailer. It was just another sci-fi movie. Was Tom Cruise in it? No, he wasn't in it, but Morgan Freeman was. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Tom Cruise was because it was like a faceless dude. I can't remember what the plot was, but it was like the most ingenious sci-fi movie I'd ever seen that I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Woke up and was about to tell my wife that she needed to watch Oblivion because it was really good <laughs> before my brain like all put it together and was like, you had a dream that you saw a movie that was better than the movie that you saw trailer for so welcome to my world Inception. I've only done that I've only done that once yeah. Yeah. where like I, when I was a kid I, I had a dream that we were going to Magic Mountain and like you know we were getting all prepared for that and right in my dream nothing exciting happened it was literally like <laughs> the day before it was the preparation <laughs> like I made my bed I you know hung out so I woke up the next morning because it was literally like I went to bed in my dream I woke up the next morning and I'm walking out and I'm like I asked my mom I'm like what time are we going <laughs> she's like are we going to what I'm like Magic Mountain. She goes, we're not going to Magic I was like, you just <laughs> talked about it yesterday. You told me we were going. She's just like, no. And I just completely got like just flown back from this. You know, just like, mom, what? you suck. What? <laughs> Why? 
And I remember. Go to your room. And I remember, like in my dream, like before we went, I would look down and there was like a transformer package of like a, a transformer toy in its package still. And I remember going like, "Oh, I'm going to open that tomorrow." So I run up to my room and I look by the door. And I'm like, "The toy is gone." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Was that a dream?" There and was I was no completely spoons. just dumbfounded for like the next like three hours, going like, "What the fuck is happening to me?" But yeah, that shit fucked fuck up. Shit. Ten a.m. tomorrow morning. Up. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let's get 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I don't even know what we they should They are say. on a Wednesday, though. What, it is on a podcast night. What, uh, what date? 24th. April 24th. Okay. Mm. So, last night, I get home, and I'm hanging out with the family. And my wife goes, do you hear something? And I hear this buzzing noise. And it gets louder. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Please tell me it's a moth. No. Damn it. And uh, and all of a sudden, we hear this, like, it gets really, really loud. And I look in my kitchen, and there is a bee going nuts. I've never seen a bee travel this fast ever, going from light bulb to light bulb. And it, I, I, it was a bee. Light bulb to light bulb in my house, and then smacked into the refrigerator, smacked into the cupboards, and... We were just mesmerized by this bee. I've literally never seen an insect travel this fast. And it was like going all around. We were scared to go in, into the uh, kitchen. But it was like it stopped for just a second for me to identify it was a bee. And then it goes up, hits a light, stops for a second. And a stream of liquid emerges from the butt of this bee. And then it takes off, lands on, my refri- on the top of my refrigerator, on its back, dead. What the fuck, man? Dude, that is some alien-ass <laughs> shit going on I couldn't go up. To, it didn't move. Like, it didn't move for, like, ten minutes, and I just was, like, staring at it, and I was, like, <laughs> trying to find, like, sticks to, like... <laughs> finally, I got my, my wife's, like, hand back, you know, and I was, like, Zoom. dead. Like, I don't know what... I've never, first of all, seen an insect move this fast ever. It was amazing. It was definitely a bee, and... Both my wife and I saw this stream about yay long of just liquid come out of its butt, land on the kitchen floor. Do you think it was its stinger? Maybe went up and just broke its stinger I off on like light bulb? So. I think so. It's like fucking or, light bulb. I'm taking Do you, you guys out. have any open alcohol containers on your counter? No. Okay. Do bees hang out in alcohol? Well, maybe he was drunk. Maybe. <laughs> and he <laughs> ran into the wall. Fucking drunk and died. Son of a but <laughs> I, it was moving so fast, and I think it crapped out venom, and then it died. <laughs> Let me tell you, this has to be one of the most interesting podcasts we've ever had for the fact of we haven't talked about anything relevant whatsoever. That's not true. We talked about I actually, Park. It, You don't get it. I actually <clears throat> was about to I – was, I was going to maybe end the show on a relevant note. Is that gonna is that gonna kill your mood, John? No, I I have no, I I'm going to Petco on this one. So, I'm so totally God, fine God, with God it. knows we'll actually talk. I just about think some it's substance. funny how like I'm or, or we could talk about Jurassic Park. Well, for the eighth I'm just time. like you know. Hey, before you continue, if you know anything about this bee virus, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Jason's house. It's Do not scary go in it. as hell. It yellow was it yellow? All bees I mean, are yellow. No, bee. not the bee. The liquid. Oh, it was pee. Because it says, the yellow liquid was a substance that all American native bees have. It is a special acid in their stomachs that they can shoot out at will. The liquid alerts other bees of danger. Oh, dude. If That's, it was a killer on. bee, your house, your house might about be covered in bees booked. right now. Really quick, though, <laughs> it was that is from Yahoo Answers Canada. <laughs> so, God knows. <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. The Canadians. The Yahoo take, it with, take it with a pinch of salt. And I will just say one last thing. Comment two was. Uh, well, I typed in 
be liquid, expel liquid, because I wrote liquid twice on accident. <laughs> and <laughs> the next thing just says, <laughs> why my nipples expel liquid. <laughs> the fuck? What? Yahoo Answers. Exactly. Some people have found this. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's not the liquid you're looking at. <laughs> Jason Pecco. We talking? Uh, we talking Durango? And the fact that none of us in this room are going to be able to play our games once we buy that new device. Your Xbox 360, uh, you might as well just burn all your games right now. Or hold on to it. Or hold you? on to it. Or just burn it. I don't know. What are you talking shit. about? That thing is so fucking awesome. Now burn I get it. to put it in another room. And in that room, I can fucking play old 360 games on it. Yeah, you know. Why? If the thing's not backwards compatible, why would I burn it? I would need it more. Mm, that's your opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Kearney, come hey. to the chase. Explain, yeah. Yeah. So explain the, the article. The, the rumor is that the burn Durango, <laughs> the Durango will have uh, an x86 processor, so uh, it will not be backwards compatible with the PowerPC architecture of the, uh, the current Xbox 360. That's the... The current rumors. I'm um, so sure. angry. That and you know what the thing is though is like I, I think it's a big deal, but I've kind of gotten used to no. losing that feature on the on the Sony side of things. Like no. the, the first big one always comes with it, and then the next one's like, oh, it's 150 bucks, and then the the original breaks, and then you have to you know. I've said this on this show before. I don't care about backwards compatibility. I don't care. I never use it. I have <clears throat> consoles that use it. I bought three GameCube games for my stupid Wii. I never play them. I have a bunch of PS2 games on my PS3 that I can't play. I don't care. See, for me, it it, it, it's 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 like I'm I'm like yes, I have I, like I saved Resident Evil 2 from the original PlayStation. How many like, times I, have you played it? Zero. Exactly. All right. I I have a whole but you're bunch, good. but I could. And then when I don't have it, I'm like, man, I wish it would come out on on PSN. And I so download you cannot it, play it there. So I cannot play it there. Exactly. So I'm the exact opposite. I until they released Halo Anniversary, I played Halo One and Two, the original Xbox version, several times on the 360. Aside from okay, but that's that is like a, a crazy edge case because you love Halo. Aside from Halo, name three games you played backwards compatible on your Xbox 360. Xbox 360 or just backwards? All right, <coughs> yeah, let's go back. Curse Monkey Island. Backwards. Oh, so hold on, consoles. <laughs> Thank you. I, I only did it for a couple of games. Uh, Pirates the, from Bethesda. Pirates of the Caribbean from Bethesda. Again, that it goes in the, your monkey bone column of <laughs> yeah. random ass Jason Carter things. That's hey, when, oh, when we when, you're the only person complaining they haven't put monkey bone on Blu-ray yet. <laughs> hey, I typed in in Google "B Liquid Shootout" and it gave me the Yahoo Canada answers. <laughs> Be liquid shootout. <laughs> and also, Jason's I, waiting for the 3D conversion of monkey bone. <laughs> monkey bone. <laughs> Post converted. Why hasn't that been converted? Why, why aren't they doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what do you play backwards? Oh, oh, I only no, did games? it when the uh, when the PlayStation Three first came out. I yeah. did. I did uh, God of War game. Um, mm. I played that, and then uh, Shadow of Colossus. I was playing on the PS3, even though it was a PS2 game, and then uh, one of the Mega Man Anniversary yeah. things. That's that's all I wanted mine for was the Mega Man Anniversary, and now I can't I play mean, it. yeah, it's great. I'm really excited <coughs> that uh, – or I'm really disappointed I'm not going to be able to play Madden 98 on my fucking <laughs> Xbox Durango. Hey, man, 98 is <laughs> oh, the best year. Yeah, come on. <laughs> It's By the way, I think we should make the game be Liquid Shootout. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out that, <laughs> you the, could do that. Second, <laughs> the second answer 
was the um, the, the one about the fear. No, because the first answer in Yahoo Canada was just like, it's really just taking a long poop. And I was just like, that's not true. Let me go to the second answer. <laughs> that was cool. It was voted as the yeah. answer. That's what I asked him. I go, what was comment number two? Yeah. In case you didn't know this, the sets of Monkey Bone are currently on display in, uh, in the Fox Studios of Baja, California. All right, and that <laughs> is Nerdtastic in 3D. <laughs> Nerd testing, nerd testing, nerd testing.